Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. Today's episode is made possible by Jar Goods. Here at Museum, we are passionate about women-owned small businesses, so when I was met with this opportunity, I was thrilled. Jar Goods makes joy in a jar. The mission started when sisters-in-law Melissa and Laura Vitelli launched their classic red, classic spicy, and classic vodka tomato sauces. These tomato sauces are thicker, richer, and more flavorful than other brands. And they are completely natural, clean label, non-GMO verified, and kosher wherever possible. Melissa and Laura wanted to find a way to offer super premium shortcuts that were missing from the grocery store. They wanted to provide something that would get dinner on the table faster without sacrificing any quality or nutrition. The recipe for the classic red actually comes from Laura's father. He served the sauce in his New Jersey Italian restaurant for decades. It was so good that Melissa and Laura thought, we have to get this out there. So they began bottling it by hand and sold it at farmer's markets. Now their products are available in 1,500 locations and counting. And today, you get to try Jar Goods for 20% off. Just go to jargoods.com slash museroom and use the code MUSEROOM, all caps, at checkout. I would personally recommend the classic spicy, but all of the flavors are really good. Their new beaten basil pesto is incredible in a bruschetta, and the vegan vodka pairs perfectly with homemade falafel. So for 20% off your first order, visit jargoods.com slash museroom and use the code museroom, all caps, at checkout. Thank you, Jargoods. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is episode 24, and today's guest is Lisa Quine. If you're from Cleveland, you have probably seen her murals around town, and even if you're not from Cleveland, I bet you've come across her work on Instagram. She is a lettering artist and makes incredible murals around the town. She was even invited to go to France in November to paint a mural, which is so cool. And we talk a little bit about that in the episode. She's been featured in Cleveland Magazine, Cleveland.com, Pressure Life. She's a speaker at the WMC Fest. She has been on multiple podcasts, and now she gets to be on my podcast. So I actually met Lisa when we were at an event back in May at the Creative Clubhouse, Um, and she just had such high energy, and she was so excited to meet everyone, and ever since then, we've always stayed in touch over Instagram and have seen each other again at events and it's always a pleasure to be in her presence. We had such a great time chatting together at Aristasia's photography studio, which she was so nice to let us borrow. There was a nice fireplace and we sat on a couch and it just felt really cozy. And some of the things that we talked about were how creativity first entered her life and how she got into lettering, um, what she wanted to be when she grew up, what she went to college for, how she decided to freelance and quit her full-time job, and so much more. We also dig into social media a little bit, but I think you guys are really going to like this conversation, so let's just get into it. 
Welcome to the podcast. It's so fun to be here. Like the studio is just this very calm setting oh, and everything. I know. It's really cozy in here. There's a fireplace and it's toasty. I love it. And wooden um, floors. Dark wooden floors. Yes. And a flower wall. And a canopy bed in the corner. <laughs> just in case you gotta take a little snooze. Right. If we talk a little bit too much and we get tired. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to do this. I we met in May, I believe, at the Creative Clubhouse. Yes. And yeah, ever since then, we've been following each other on Instagram, and you've always been super supportive of the podcast. Oh yes, I'm a long time, long time <laughs> fan, first time interviewing. Yay! Cool. Okay, well, can we start with? I would love to know what is in, inspiring you right now. So, what is fueling you on your journey of creativity and right entrepreneurship (laughs) so short answer everything but I've I've kind of compart um I've broken it up into three branches Mm -hmm. first being close artist friends second being social media all things Instagram Pinterest and then conferences podcasts and audiobooks Mm. so if I am feeling not as motivated when I wake up and I have like a full day of work ahead of me I'll put on an audiobook about productivity and you know just an inspiring story TED talk and then conferences always leave me energized Mm -hmm. um, meeting new people but um for like since I'm a lettering artist I need specific inspiration so I'll go to Pinterest and Instagram for um, to see what's trending right now you know what color palettes people Mm -hmm. are using what styles of lettering but then I think my most inspiring are the people I've been meeting and um getting close to so Maggie which is little patterns on Instagram Mm. love her work and she's just so down to earth I love chatting with her I always feel inspired same thing with Trisha Previtt who is right here in Tremont oh cool I met her at a conference and we've been getting coffee with each other like you know once a month twice a month like Mm -hmm. since 2016 wow really? so yeah it's in like she's my mini conference I always leave our coffee talks like super energized and like wanting to go home and knock out projects so just having that in-person meeting with someone as driven as you are Mm -hmm. has been super helpful yeah I love that I think that's (laughs) so important it's like having like a mentor almost right yeah, I like what you said. It's like a mini conference. So like you if you don't have like a conference to go to this weekend, you can just call her up and Right. Yeah. And it's so fun to feel like you have someone to bounce ideas off of. And she introduced me to like a life changing inspiration who is William Morris. Mm. He um illustrates well, used to illustrate textiles and um that were used for wallpaper and everything. He kind of like um, was the founding father of like oh. really intricate wallpaper design, and he would he had an exhibition up at the Cleveland Museum of Art really? that I got to go see. Oh, cool! And it was just walking into a room of total inspiration. Like his one of his first wallpapers, like was uh, installed in the show, and then you know his um, square two by twos were up framed, and then he also had like a tapestry mm. or. A carpet, like a really intricately designed carpet, uh, and he did a little bit of lettering too. So cool. it was really neat to see that crossover. Mm-hmm. 
Do you go to museums a lot to get inspiration? I try to, actually. I had the idea of like how to build a brand with my personal account, and I figured, what if I try to like get a really fashionable outfit and like take a picture next to paintings and stuff at museums? So that might be a 2019 goal. Ooh, I love it. You should have your own museum. <laughs> like a gallery to show other artists i feel like there should be more like independent museums because i feel like there's only like the giant museums and it's Mm -hmm. only like really famous artists that are in them and i guess there's art shows and stuff but in coffee shops that have been really helpful that's like a little mini art museum right but having like a personal gallery i know there's 78th street studios Mm. like they do their um what they call the art walks oh cool um, so there are stuff like your galleries like that, mm-hmm. but having I don't know doing one myself would be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> well, twenty twenty maybe. Yes, <laughs> cool. So let's start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're from Cleveland, right? Right. I grew up in Mentor, which mm-hmm. is thirty minutes east of Cleveland, and I lived in a cul-de-sac buried in a neighborhood. So mm-hmm. telling people where how to get to my house, it was always three rights and a left, <laughs> like literally buried in a neighborhood on a cul-de-sac. Um, so isolated back there, <laughs> but I grew up, um, I'm the oldest of three. I have a wonderful and amazingly talented brother and sister who are doing great in their things, but we grew up living crazy busy lives. Like mm-hmm. we were in sports, we were in the arts, and my parents kept us really busy. And plus, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't realize this until I started my own business, but my parents owned their own businesses, and I never thought like I would get the... Oh. like entrepreneurial spirit from Mm -hmm. them but my mom was a she had her own bookkeeping accountant business and then my dad had his own landscaping business so they got to create their own hours but they were always working and I think that kind of led to me always working and always being busy Mm -hmm. and same with my brother and sister too yeah I wonder if they didn't have their own businesses if you would be on a different path well all throughout high school and college I knew I didn't want to be a freelancer or own my own business or anything I oh. wanted to you know work the up the corporate ladder mm-hmm. yeah and the security of a job so I didn't have to think about everything going into a business and here we are cool well that's so do you think that your parents really influenced what where you are today I they were very supportive like um I was always drawn to art classes in mm-hmm. school and at one point they put me through um uh, private classes so I got like one-on-one experience with an actual artist, um, and this was in grade school. So I always thought that art was going to be my thing, but I also really like sports and looked into playing lacrosse in college, oh, and I wow. thought like it was going down that path, <laughs> and somehow made it back to art. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I wonder what would have happened if you just became like a lacrosse player, like if you would have kept your artistic. Well, place. I. I did play club lacrosse throughout college, and that really helped. Like, I loved being on a team of girls and learning how to work with others and being a leader at one point, too. Mm-hmm. So it was super fun. Oh, and keeping the alcohol pounds off. Oh. <laughs> that helped, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's actually for me because I was dancing. So I yes. feel like I didn't – I mean, not, I, I want to be as – okay, I didn't, yeah, I, it was easy to just eat whatever I wanted and drink whatever I wanted because I was dancing all the time. Right. Um, and I bet it was nice to get away from the books and the screens yeah. and everything and just be like physically active and in your element, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. 
what when was the moment where creativity first entered your life well going back to um my childhood we me and my brother and sister grew up on disney we had every single vhs Mm. movie out there like in our home so we were addicted to watching the movies and sing-alongs and even like behind the scenes and travel videos of walt disney world because we would go every two years and very grateful for my parents allowing us to do that Um, so I was hooked on Disney, and I was drawn to the behind the scenes. I really wanted to be a Disney animator, and I loved, like, in The Lion King, they would bring actual lions to the studio to draw, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to pet the lions, I want to draw the lions, and everything like that. So I would draw animals growing up. I remember I drew the cover of The Nightmare Before Christmas, and mm. I thought, hey, this is really good. Like, it looks exactly like Mm -hmm. the characters so I began to draw more and more fan art Mm -hmm. everything like that but it eventually turned into lyrics because music became my like core inspiration so it made the shift from like real or just illustration to lettering yeah even though I didn't know what lettering was at the time so yeah you didn't have anyone around you that was doing anything like that no I didn't know what typography was and this was back in high school so I would just be going to MySpace for inspiration, and <laughs> what else was out there? Um, like Live Journal, and do you remember those like tiny squares? People would it was like gifs before gifs. I think so. They were just yeah. tiny squares, and they'd be like <laughs> sparkly lyrics oh, and mm-hmm. stuff. I it was the weirdest thing. But I grew up on like AIM. Oh and yeah. So decorating profiles like put choosing what lyrics to go in your AIM profile what font what um wingding like to mm-hmm. accompany and I thought hey like this is like graphic design maybe I'll go into that yeah and then MySpace too like mm-hmm. finding the little code to put in to cheat the system and everything <laughs> that's funny it seems like so lyrics were a really big influence on what how you express yourself with art Totally. Like, in high school, you're going through all these changes Mm -hmm. and, like, heartache, too, and just feeling all the emotions, like, fights with my parents, friends, and all that. So music was the one thing that explained what I was going through. So I kind of, but I couldn't sing and, at this point, play an instrument, so drawing the words was my Mm go-to. Yeah, so how did you, like, develop... A style were you just like working on like one kind of style or were you like what was that process like of learning how to letter sort of yeah I would go to defont.com and pick some fonts to emulate kind of and draw out the lyrics but then add like stars like black ink stars and um just little, like little dots and dashes and stuff, just little graphics to go along with the lyrics too. Mm-hmm. And I just would do this on the side of my notebooks during class, right. and it was the one thing that kept me awake. Yeah. Every time the teacher shut off the lights and mm. like would present something, I would just, if I wasn't drawing, I'd fall asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, were you taking other art classes? Like, what were all the art classes that you were taking in high school? <laughs> well, actually, in grade school, I took like a tart. A tar- uh, a cartooning class, oh, cool. which was very interesting. I learned how to like draw someone in motion or just like different emotions on people. So that was really fun. Um, and then it developed, or I switched out of that into private lessons 
and I was learning watercolor, which mm. was super hard. Wow. Um, and adding like salt to watercolor to make the colors oh. like seconded the salt, and it, it looked like a starry night. Wow. Just little tricks like that, and like how to shade and everything mm-hmm. with colored pencils. But then in high school, I just went through our typical like art one through four, mm-hmm. so freshman to senior year. Um, and I really didn't do a whole lot outside of that, yeah. other than drawing on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. So before we move on, I was just curious, what did you want to be when you were growing up, like when you were little? Or did you, when you started to get into art, did you want to be an artist or was there something else? I'm, I just wanted to be good at something. I didn't really have a career mm-hmm. in mind, but I had two older cousins. So one of them got a full ride for baseball to St. Bonaventure, and my other cousin, Claire, um, went to New York and like performed on Broadway, toured with cats, and was like the head cat. <laughs> I haven't seen that play in a while. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so I saw like my two older cousins like they found something that they were really good at and I was trying to figure out what mine was at this point I didn't know if it was art like I didn't think I was good enough Mm -hmm. for that yet even though like I won some smaller things like I was probably the best artist out of 10 people you know in Menor, Ohio so Mm -hmm. it didn't seem like a big thing um but yeah, I just, I wanted to be good at something. I was just still figuring out what mm-hmm. that could be. Yeah, and at that age, like, how do you, you, there's no way of knowing, really. Yeah. So when you, when it was ready to go to, co- when you were ready to go to college, mm-hmm. what was that path like? What did you <laughs> so, major in and everything? Yeah, I was on a traveling team with my best friend, Courtney, and we were playing lacrosse like on the East Coast and everything. So when we were making these trips, we would look at colleges together. And um, I mainly looked at D3, like Division three schools, because that way I could focus on school and play lacrosse at like, well, I wasn't good enough for D1, mm-hmm. so I looked at D3. And that way I could still keep going with my lacrosse career, yeah. but focus on studies too. And I ended up looking at 11 different schools. Oh my gosh. It was insane. And I wanted to go out of state. So a lot of them were in Pennsylvania or New York. Um, and I would meet with the Dean of Math and the Dean of Arts. Because I didn't know if I was going to be a math major or an art major. It's totally contrasting. Right. <laughs> but after meeting all these mathematicians versus all these art professors, I was like, oh, the art professors are way more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely going to go that route. Cool. So yeah, when we were getting coffee, you were talking about how your you really liked math, mm-hmm. but so like the way that you express yourself through art is very similar to math because it's very exact. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yes. So I was reading or listening to Creativity Inc., which is a book all about Pixar, and they had um, they have workshops and fun things for their employees to do to get creative, and one of them was a drawing instructor. And she talked about how you have to shut off the right side of your brain and turn on the left side of your brain when you're drawing like still life. So if you're drawing what you see, you want to trigger that logical part because if you are more creative, then you're not going to draw exactly what you see. You're going to draw like how you interpret it. So this struck a chord with me because I tend to gather inspiration and package it all together to make something new but I'm drawing what I see essentially I'm really bad at using the right side of my brain and really mm-hmm. good at using the left so that's how 
I figure it, well, I really like math because it's all the left side of the brain. You know, you're plugging in numbers to already existing formulas. And so I kind of use that with my art too. I'm taking what's already out there and drawing it, but in a way to create something new. That's so interesting because I never hear the left side of the brain being part of creativity (laughs) and art, but it's so interesting. Right, right. Yeah, so you decided to major in art. What specifically? I went into graphic design because I knew the internet was blowing up and all things digital. Plus this was, I graduated in 2008, so I wanted something where it was almost guaranteed a job after graduation and graphic design seemed the most practical. Mm -hmm. We still would take fine art classes, which was my true passion, but we'd also be learning how to use a computer for art. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Did, were you still lettering while in college? Great question. So I put all my focus into graphic design, and we were learning typography and fonts and kind of being not like... It wasn't touched upon in college. Like, lettering wasn't a thing back then. Plus, it wasn't that huge. Like, Instagram definitely brought it to life. Mm-hmm. But we, my focus was specifically on all things digital not a lot of drawing by Mm -hmm. hand just like how to set fonts and make everything pretty and work and branding and all that Mm -hmm. yeah so So kind of paused okay so you kind of let that go when did it come back in your life when I moved home after college I was back in the same bedroom I was in high school so it just brought all these memories back Mm -hmm. um, from me lettering in high school so after my internship, I'd come home at you know 6 p.m. and I'd be like, well, I have all this energy. I'm so used to working. Like portfolio, our last year of or our senior year of graphic design, like me and my other fellow design students would just be working in the studio till 3 a.m. So I was so used to that lifestyle. So when I only worked from 9 to 5, mm-hmm. I was like, I have all this energy. Yeah. Like, what do I do with it? So I took out my journal and started sketching lyrics again. I was like listening to music and getting really inspired by that and then I started posting on Instagram and one thing led to another I found other lettering artists through Instagram and everything and that just consistently (laughs) it grew my style yeah did you do you feel like it came back to you really easily or what did you feel like you kind of had to rehone your right well now that I had all this knowledge of typography from college I could do better lettering Um, so I kind of threw all my high school stuff to the side and started fresh with mm-hmm. this new knowledge of typography. Oh, that's really cool. So you got a job right after college? Yes. And what were you doing? I started working as an intern first at Broca Inc., which is um, right by the Brown Stadium, oh. um, downtown on Lakeside and West six mm. yeah so they're at the corner they took over Golik's old bar and so they have like a tap right in the advertising oh studio. wow that sounds like so mad men <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes and i mean it's two brothers that own the company so it was a very like bro environment oh, okay mm-hmm. um but yeah it was a great experience because there was a lot of like younger people too what do they call them yo pros young professionals Yuppies. I think my sister calls them Yopro. Oh, really? I've always heard yuppie. Yuppie. <laughs> Whatever the term. Right. We're definitely it. Yeah. So okay. we'd go to happy hour yeah. all the time, and it was really fun. Plus, the work was really fun. I've never worked on something that was out in the real world. So when I started seeing my work on billboards, like it could be the most boring thing, like mm-hmm. a medical ad, but it was so 
cool to drive down yeah. the highway and like see something that was on my computer screen and now it's out in the real world. That's really satisfying and I yes. bet built your confidence a bit. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, so what were you uh, working on at that job? Like what was your day to day? So mainly I worked on our Fazoli's account, which Fazoli's isn't even, even in Cleveland or wasn't oh. at the time. Is it like a pasta or like pizza place or something? It is the McDonald's of Italian food. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, so I stopped eating pasta for like a good two years because I had giant pasta bowls like on my computer screen and I was editing the photos and, you know, putting typography with them to make drive-through menus and like window clings, door clings, just... All that crap you see around fast food restaurants, Mm -hmm. that's what I was designing. And I was trying to make it cool and trendy. And we were a part of like a whole brand refresh for Fazoli's, which my creative director had it up. So like bringing it into 2013 at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was really fun. Wow, that's cool. Uh, So you were still doing the lettering on the side, right? Was this when it started to kind of take off? Yeah, so... There was also an associate creative director at Broca that was there for a couple months, but he took a liking to my lettering and saw it on Instagram, and I got to do, uh, I got to letter for advertising, so it was Mm. kind of like the first crossover I experienced. I had my day job, and then I had lettering, and I was really good at keeping them separate, but this was an opportunity where it could really shine. So mm-hmm. it was for Lakeview Cemetery and they put together a campaign called Grounds for Life. And it was about getting people there to do yoga, to do runs. And like, it's a beautiful park. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be a cemetery too. Oh, wow. So I, I did like lettering, Grounds for Life, Grounds for Honor, because there's some memorials there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just five different headlines and it was it was on top of beautiful photography of the actual like wow. mm-hmm. so you were you started posting a lot of your lettering on instagram right and was this like right when instagram was kind of becoming i think well this was in 20 2012 okay so it was still kind of new i think that's when i went to college and i remember mm-hmm that's when I like first got an Instagram because I didn't have an iPhone before that. Yeah, me and too. So I think it was like just kind of starting maybe like a few years before that, but it was definitely not as big as it was now. Right. I waited till college mm-hmm. or till after college to get an iPhone because I was oh, so okay. terrified of breaking it. Oh yeah. Parties and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, after graduation, got an iPhone and that's when I got hooked on Instagram and posting pictures of the work. So that continued to build Mm -hmm. up and everything so yeah outside of work I was just sketching and taking pictures and posting and actually Instagram helped me like keep my motivation to letter up because I was getting more likes more followers so it was just like a machine yeah that's funny because I wonder if without Instagram if you would have really stuck to it as much right right I wonder that too that's really interesting (laughs) Um, so now you have like a gigantic following on Instagram. <laughs> so what was that growth like? It was crazy. Like all I wanted was just that tiny little K yeah. after a number <laughs> in my profile. I was just going for that K, mm-hmm. which means 10,000 followers. Yeah. You know? um, so I, it was a funny story because I went to this conference called Creative South for the first time. And I signed up to do a competition called Ink Wars, where you're in front of all, like you're on a bridge, there's a bridge party, mm. where all the attendees go to drink, eat food. On a bridge? And, like, like they close it down. Bridge. 
Right. Oh. Well, it's in Columbus, Georgia, and I don't think they have, like, it's not a terribly big city, okay. so they're able to shut down oh, this wow. huge bridge and have a whole party on it, but there's a competition, so eight artists are picked to do, like, a door-sized drawing, and you get the topic of the drawing right then and there, <sighs> and our topic was Never Say Die, and I had no idea what to do. In hindsight, I should have just done the prompt. Mm -hmm. But I was like, no, that's too easy. That's too straightforward. I need to do something conceptual. I ended up doing Don't Stop Believing. Because mm -hmm. that's like, Don't Stop Believing seemed in line yeah. with um, Never Say Die. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it does or not. But I took it a step further and did Just a Small Town Girl. Ooh. So there was no real connection a to the bit, prompt. Yeah. And I probably had the worst board but the lettering looked great mm -hmm. and I posted a picture of it it got so much engagement surprisingly really? and I think it's because I was at a conference I used all the hashtags yeah. so people there were going in the hashtags and seeing what everyone is up to that's when I got my K for so, 10,000 followers okay, so that was the first time that it was like whoa yeah like, this huge like terrible moment of being embarrassed mm -hmm. and bombing a competition I actually got 10,000 followers so it was it, it was an all for not yeah that's cool it's funny how social media can <laughs> really like kind of give us that confidence in a way because mm -hmm. if it weren't for those 10k I wonder if you would have been a lot more discouraged after that you <laughs> right know? right yeah so after that what happened you just kept posting your lettering yeah I um you know all outside of work I, I went to another agency where I was much happier you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um they had a lot of great benefits unlimited PTO like mm. with all the great trendy snacks in the kitchen <laughs> so just like little things like that yeah. and the work was fun too mm -hmm. So outside of work, I was doing art shows, and I got this project where um, I lettered work for a journal that went into Target. So I was getting bigger clients and doing amazing, like what I thought was amazing mm -hmm. projects. And also, I was working on my confidence too because I, I tend to say yes to a lot of projects yeah. because I'm thinking, oh my God, someone wants to use my lettering for this. Like I yeah. feel wanted mm -hmm. and needed, so yes, I will do it. Mm -hmm. And just getting excited for everything coming my way. Yeah. Uh, so kind of going back to social media, I wanted to kind of ask how you deal with the comparison and it's so easy to become influenced and see other accounts and be like, wait, maybe I should be doing that too. So how do you kind of stay in line with your, your own artistry? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, so there's two things. If I really admire an account, I will see what they're doing and see how I can apply it without stealing their work. Mm. Like what are their, yeah. what are their tactics? When are they posting and getting engagement? What kind of photography are they using? So one example of this, I love Gemma O'Brien, who is a muralist in Australia, and everyone just drools over her work. I've heard it on all podcasts, like, who's your, or, who's your inspiration? And everyone's in Gemma. Mm -hmm. So looking at her account, seeing, like, she inserts herself into photos of murals, which is something that I wasn't doing. I was just taking a picture of the wall, so I started setting up my timer on my phone and just snapping pictures of me actually, like, oh, cool. painting on the mm -hmm. wall, and that drove up engagement because it made the photo of the mural, like, look more wall, or 
warm and human-like because right. there's a human in the photo. Yeah, and they could see like who was actually behind the work. Right, so I'm not stealing her work. I'm kind of taking inspiration of how she photographs her yeah, work. Yeah, just the strategy behind it. Exactly. And that's... Because that's not something we're taught in college. Right. So, and when, going back to the comparison thing, like there have been times where I'm neck and neck like in terms of how many followers with other people, but and then they'll get shared on a curated account and get 2,000 more followers. Mm-hmm. But I found that commenting, like, hey, good job, we're rooting for you, and just making a good, like, a love your word comment, like, takes all the jealousy away instantly. Because cool. it's... Like, we're all in this together yeah. and everything. The support is so right. vital. Right. And it doesn't make sense. Like, that's what sports were for, mm-hmm. you know, being rivals and actually having competition. And this, like, all our art, like, all the artists got to band together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. <laughs> like, just checking out what other strategies people are using without actually taking their work. Right. Really cool. So... Now I'm curious, how did you decide to start working for yourself? What were you, what was that transition like? Oh my gosh. Um, so 2017, that fall was the craziest series of events of my lifetime. In August, I had my first conference talk. Mm. So I was preparing all summer for that. I made my family listen to my speech, oh my, my friends, my coworkers, my husband. How did you get that opportunity? Um, through Weapons of Mass Creation. So I attended in 2015. In 2016, I did their ink wars and came in third place. I was really amped about that. And then the following year, they asked me to um, give a talk. So (laughs) going back, like my first conference, I thought, wow, like this is amazing. That was the first conference I've ever been to. Mm -hmm. And then I saw ink wars and speakers. I'm like, I have never been a spectator, a good spectator. I've always wanted to be the center of attention. <laughs> Weirdly enough, but I'm also introverted, so it's a I whole thing. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't want to be in the audience watching. Yeah. I want to insert myself. Right, in you want to participate. So stalking them on social media, commenting, and mm-hmm. getting them to notice me. I think mm-hmm. that helps. Like just like you have somewhat control. You can insert yourself into their lives by being creepy internet stalkers. <laughs> No, I take you. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Just kidding. Not right, that far. Right, right. <laughs> Not that far. Um, but yeah. So I and I'm from Cleveland, and they were really good about promoting Cleveland-based oh. entrepreneurs, artists, etc. Mm-hmm. So I got that inner opportunity to speak in August, and I read word for word on the paper because I had no background in public speaking, yeah. but it went well. Cool. So that was August. Okay. September, I got married, and I did all the lettering for my wedding. Oh, my gosh, really? That was crazy. The morning of, I'm getting, like, my, my hair's all done. I'm lettering signage for the photo booth. Really? <laughs> yes. I had my whole bridal party finishing the table numbers. So I drew out the numbers, and they were just filling them in oh with pens. It was madness. Were you... Was were you, did you feel like a bridezilla or were you like having fun? <laughs> I was having fun. That's yeah. cool. We were drinking too. So That's really cool. Good. Yeah, it was very laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, best time of my life, September. October, went away to Hawaii for 10 days. Never like had a trip like that ever. So mm-hmm. that was incredible. Came back to more stress. I got an email saying that I had the opportunity to... Um, paint six walls in a new 
headquarters building, like new headquarters downtown. So three floors, two walls per floor, totaling six walls. And then they even threw a seventh wall too. And I'm thinking, and they wanted this before they opened. Mm-hmm. And the murals were going to be a gift from the CEO to their his employees. Mm-hmm. So he wanted it to be a surprise. Cool. So he couldn't let anyone see me doing this yeah. either. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. And I knew I couldn't do this with a full-time job by the deadline. And I saw this as a um, sign. And mm-hmm. I also talked to a business coach, Stephanie. Yeah. And we set a date for November 1st. And I kind of like pushed that to the side. But now it was actually November, and I'm like, you know what? Like, maybe it's time. So I went to Global Prairie, who was my employer at the time. I said, can I take a part-time job? Like, I have this big project coming up I can't say no to, and I can't work full-time. And they said, eh, no. Like, you have to be a full-time employee here, or you're not employed. Mm-hmm. So I quit. Wow. Yeah. I but, like, on cool. great terms. They were yeah. very supportive. And they even made the comment, like, we saw this coming. We like I thought we were gonna lose you last year, but luckily we got a whole nother year with you, and so that was really encouraging to hear mm-hmm. support from yeah, them. Yeah, definitely, because normally they would try to keep you and <laughs> prevent you from you know following your passion. Well, here's a little trivia. So Shelly from um, Brunuts, mm. she worked at Global Prairie oh, at really? one point, and um, uh, one of our office managers uh, left to do Wizard of Oz. Odds, which is an antique shop at the Cleveland Flea. So a lot of entrepreneur, or like, it, there's a lot of motivated people that go through there. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. So you were, you set the date for November, and mm-hmm. then it happened, and then what? <laughs> so I was very fortunate to have a lot of support. Like day one, um, I had a phone call or two phone calls set up with the founders of Global Prairie, who I just left. Oh. And they, like, um, Doug gave me the advice to not call myself a lettering artist, but a creative consultant. Okay, I was going to ask you, you'll have to tell us about what all of that means. Right, so by labeling yourself as a creative consultant, that means, like, you're not strapped down to just being a mural artist or a wedding lettering Mm. artist, or, like, you can have this whole umbrella of titles. Yeah. I didn't realize how important that was. I just thought, well, you see my work on social media, like, you can hire me based off of that. But when it comes to LinkedIn and, you know, SEO and all that, like, labeling myself as a creative consultant is, like, very expansive. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Me neither. (laughs) So do you... are you consulting with people or? Yes. So I would set up meetings with a client and as a consultant, I can be like, you know, for your space, I think this would be oh, okay. a great solution. Mm-hmm. Like here, here's your problem and here are the ways I would solve it being a creative consultant. Cool. So it, it sounds very businessy, which I I'm like still it. getting used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... It sounds like it has more integrity other than, mm-hmm. like, I'm just a lettering artist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so, so... that was the first phone call. Cool. The second one was with Anne, who's also a co-founder of Global Prairie, and she gave me the advice to, like, on day one, open up a Word doc and put what your business goal is. I wish I would have done that for our company, and, you know, so I'm telling you now, which I did. Mm-hmm. Went home, I wrote down something. I forget what it was. Okay, I, I was just going to ask. <laughs> it was just, like, something... Like, I want to be the best lettering artist in the world. Okay. But, or creative consultant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the third um, meeting was with Jason, who was our wedding photographer. And I, I told him, like, what was happening. I'm leaving my job. I'm starting a company. He's like, oh, let, let's set up a meeting. 
he was the one that told me, look at Gemma O'Brien's account. What, how is she taking her photos? Mm-hmm. Like, how is she getting engagement? And how you can apply it to your account. He's just so good when it comes to business. Like, wow. his wedding photography business is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he just moved to New York. So okay. making it there. Cool. And do you know Gary Vee? That sounds familiar. He, he has his own podcast. And he's the one that wants to buy that football team. And it's pretty close. I, he talks about it all the time okay. on his podcast. But Jason's, like, working with him. Oh, apparently wow. for something. So, it, yeah. I totally trust him. Mm-hmm. But being surrounded by all these, like, really supportive people in my life, that helped make the leap, like, less scary. Yeah, it's cool that the um, the people from... what, what Global what is, Prairie. Global Prairie were continuing to be supportive even after yeah. the fact. And my parents then, uh, like, um, so this was in November, December rolls around, I get scaffolding as a Christmas gift from my parents, which Seriously? was hilarious. So yes. you have your own scaffolding to yes. just take around? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's got Lisa Quining all cool. plastered on it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. That was end of 2017? Yes. Okay. And then come January, American Greetings reached out to me oh. and they're like, we see you're really active on Instagram. There's no way that you could still be at a job while doing all this work. Can you come by and tour our space and stuff? And I had been doing a little bit of freelance on the side for them too. So they know my work and... I came by, brought my sketchbooks, and they were like, yeah, we want to bring you on as a part-time employee. And I figured that would make the jump less scary. Like, I was already looking for a part-time position at Mm -hmm. Global Prairie. So after a month of being on my own, I'm, like, back at being an employee somewhere. But it was really nice, too, because... You know, I got up and got dressed for work, which Mm -hmm. was something that was getting lost working from home. And being surrounded by all these, like, world-class illustrators there, that was huge. Like, having that network of um, other artists. And I learned so much from them. I actually um, got my agents from them. Like, Mm -hmm. there was a couple of illustrators that were under um, Lindgren and Smith in New York. So I set up, like I set up a phone call with them and they now represent me for some work. And this helped like, because I wanted bigger clients. Like I do a lot of Cleveland work. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to get more national brands. Yeah. So how often were you working at American Greetings at that point? Two days, three days a week. Mm -hmm. Did you just kind of choose when to work or yeah, did you have we, a set schedule? We found like Wednesdays were a team meeting so I came in Wednesdays and then Tuesdays leaving weekends wide open and that's what I was already used to. I worked on weekends for mm-hmm. lettering and murals so um, kind of yeah just making sure that schedule worked. Yeah so but you are still working a lot from home right? Yes cool definitely. Yeah so how do you stay motivated? I'm sure having the part-time position at American Greetings helps with that, kind of keeps you on the right track. Definitely. But when you're working from home, what was... Because that's like kind of what I'm figuring out right now. Like, right. how do I not sleep until noon? And, you know... Well, that's the kind of nice thing. Like, awareness has been huge. So I have found out that working like 9 to 11 is when I'm most alert Mm. and most productive. So scheduling that couple of hours to be like doing my most important work, Mm -hmm. that's key. Also, 
tracking my time has been helpful and seeing how long projects take but like how long my breaks are like like breakfast is 20 minutes and lunch for some reason is an hour like am I getting more tired at lunch or just more distracted during this hour of the day but um free free period press in Cleveland has a tracker that I found was really helpful yes so writing out what you're doing every 15 minutes like just for a little bit um that really helped and I saw that I was a huge dilly deller so trying to cut back on you know that time and staying focused another thing that was helpful was just having a space in your like where you live strictly dedicated to working and like Mm -hmm. nothing else Mm -hmm. so being able to shut it on and off (laughs) those are two really really good hacks (laughs) I love the idea of um tracking because it's kind of like tracking what you eat right and then you kind of are able to take a step back and see objectively like what's going on also an eye-opening experience oh yeah. my god when I track my food I'm like what yeah. I eat tons of sugar oh me too <laughs> but that's okay yes <laughs> um okay so now it's 2019 and you've been working at American Greetings part-time and freelancing and doing a lot of cool stuff so what has the what has that evolution been like? What, how, do, how do things feel different at this point? So 2019 is going to be a hell of a year. <laughs> so it, it will be a year, like this month, working in American Greetings. And I actually, I don't know when this podcast goes up, but I actually put in my two weeks <laughs> saying that there are so many things coming up in 2019 and I need to dedicate my time to that. Oh I've been quoted Oprah. I'm like... <laughs> Oprah helped me come to this because she starts her podcast with the best gift we can give ourselves is time. Yes. And I realized, oh my gosh, I don't give myself That's that. That's like the most valuable thing is time. Right. So looking at my um, finances from the past year, I saw that, you know, f- uh, 20% of it came from American Greetings. Mm-hmm. And if I could, you know, the other... 80%, I'm doing math in my head. I used to be good at math. <laughs> the other 80%, um, I was from freelance, but it was enough money where I could live comfortably. And maybe if I wasn't at American Greetings, I could still make up that chunk of money uh, I would lose by not being mm-hmm. at American Greetings. So I told my boss that I, I could move down to a freelance role. Like, I would still love to work for you. I love the work there. And she even said, like, you could still come in if you mm-hmm. want to, too. But move, moving down from part-time to freelance or okay. consulting. Wow. But that's because so many things are coming up. Like, yeah. I have two speaking engagements that I really need to sit down and research. <laughs> I have an art show in Athens that I'm trying to create 20 new pieces for. And this is all hitting in March and April. So... I need to make these decisions now in mm-hmm. order to have time to work on them. Yeah. Meanwhile, like on top of mural projects and everything. Oh so you're going like full in. Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> That's really exciting. Yes. I'm very pumped. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So can you, in the past year of kind of starting to work for yourself and figuring out the business side of things um, and just figuring out kind of who you are without like a corporate job, um, what has been like a rock bottom moment in your entrepreneurial journey? Oh gosh. So the six wall mural that I chose, like that helped me choose to leave being an employee Mm -hmm. and going full time. 
at the very end of it, I, it was like 12, like midnight, and I'm painting there, and Mark's there to keep me company, because this is on like the east side of downtown, just so for safety, mm-hmm. and plus the building was going under construction, so it looked abandoned too, um, so it was pretty sketchy. Yeah. So it's midnight, and I'm almost, almost done with this whole project. I'm working on a little area that had logos. So this was the only part that needed to be exact because there were logos. It mm-hmm. couldn't be, like, creative hand lettering. So right. I'm totally the left side of the brain. Mm-hmm. And I just had this mental breakdown. I just started bursting out crying because I was so frustrated. The logos were, weren't looking correct, yeah. and I couldn't project the design on the wall because... Mm-hmm. Um, it was in a hallway and so you couldn't back up enough to project it and I just my hands were shaking like my whole body was shaking I was just crying my eyes out and plus the lights kept shutting off for some reason and I'm terrified of the dark so Mm -hmm. it would just be startling and he just didn't know what to do he was trying to calm me down and I felt so bad I probably seemed possessed it was just like total mental breakdown just took a deep breath went home came back the next day and finished that little area off like I I lost sight that there is a tomorrow. Like it wasn't totally due that night mm-hmm. at 12 a.m. Even though I was just trying to be done with the project, sometimes like rushing does not help, and you just have to take a step back and leave it. So that hasn't happened ever since. Okay, and I think I've learned a lot from that experience. Wow. Yeah. So if that happens again, you kind of know how how you would want to work through it. Right. It's like if you're trying to like. Back in college, writing papers, if you're trying to meet a deadline, all of a sudden you could like feel your body getting warmer and just yeah. you feel that nervous. I don't know what it is. The heart rate goes up. Right. Yeah, just really anxious. Mm-hmm. So if that's happening, you just walk away from it. Take mm-hmm. a deep breath and just kind of like focus on your breathing. I find it really helps too. Mm-hmm. And just telling yourself, you know what, this this isn't the worst thing in the world. Just yeah. deep breath. I'm not going to die from this. Right, <laughs> right. And I think because it was my first big freelance project, like, I really set the bar high in my head. I think that's what, like, mm-hmm. ma- was an issue, too. Yeah, totally. Sorry. Okay, so something that, um, since I've kind of embarked on my own entrepreneurial journey, two of the people that I've been talking to talk a lot about dream clients. So can you talk about like what your dream client is just because I'm curious and um, how did you figure out who it was? So I struggle with this um, question a lot because A, I don't think about it too Mm. much and B, I I actually heard an interview once someone doesn't have dream clients Mm. and I thought like I never got the that was okay. And so I don't have a dream client. I just really treasure the projects that I do get. Yeah. And if there is someone out there that I really want to work with, um, like when I did go full-time freelance, I tried outreaching. And so I messaged 10 different breweries in Columbus. And my favorite one responded. And I got a, like a chalkboard job with them. So just... If you do have a dream client, it's always worth reaching out because, you know, the worst thing they can say is no. They're mm-hmm. not going to say, you're terrible for this. Like, you should just give up and quit. I don't know what the fear is, but people yeah. do experience that. So just trying to get over that fear and reach out to your dream clients mm-hmm. if you do have them. Right. But right now, I'm just focused on bettering my work with the projects I do have. Mm-hmm. So And letting the people kind of come to you. Right. Okay. Right. I like that. Cool. Um, 
how do you move through creative blocks? I feel like you're always kind of working, so I wa- I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe you don't experience that as much since you're constantly creating. I actually heard a saw a quote yesterday that it was like people are afraid of using up all of their creativity, but if you keep using it, there will always be more. That's not the quote at all, but <laughs> kind of like if you continue right. like doing stuff, like it's there's it's going to be flowing constantly. Right, right. So how do you work through that? I love doing art shows because that's an opportunity to, or, or personal projects, because that's an opportunity to kind of restart and try something, like be experimental. And I find that really helps. Like I just get so excited for every project. I've lettered the quote, what can I make next? Mm-hmm. By, and that's from Paula oh. Shear who has an amazing abstract episode. Like, there's that abstract series on Netflix. Oh. Highly recommend okay. um, watching hers because it was just full of inspiration. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, I get so inspired by everything. Like, going back to my original, your first question, what yeah. inspires you? Mm-hmm. It is literally everything. Okay. Like, traveling, like, I, we went to an art museum in Iceland, me and my husband, and... They had such intricate patterns on their war shields, and I like took pictures wow. so I could go back and oh, like cool. incorporate that into my lettering. I don't know. I just always experience this energy mm-hmm. from what I see every day. Just kind of a constant like detective and researcher. Right, right. So just going for walks, and this is something I did back when I was employed downtown. I would go for walks at lunch, and Cleveland's architecture is so cool, mm-hmm. and I think that's where. I kind of drew like the inspiration for the vintage swirls that you see on some of the the buildings and yeah. stuff. Like just getting inspired inspired by that. Definitely. Um, but how to overcome creative block? I kind of started going through this this winter. Like I feel less energetic at mm. night, especially when the sun goes down. You put yeah. on Netflix. But you like you the work I do. You could do it while watching right. Netflix and mm-hmm. stuff. So I've been binging BoJack Horseman because there's five seasons <laughs> yeah. of it. But being able to work and listen at the same time that's that is been nice. Helpful. Yeah, that's not something I can really do with like podcasting. Like I wish I could right. just like sit and work and like listen to a podcast. That sounds so mm-hmm. nice. But a hack that I found helpful was to even if you don't want to do something, do it for five minutes and then you could put it down or okay but usually what happens when you do something for five minutes you end up doing it for longer than you intended so that's helpful too i like that (laughs) hack for sure so is there someone in your life who was a big or not even in your life maybe on social media or who knows it could be dead or alive that was kind of an expander like showed you like what was kind of possible for you Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, for me, it has been really self-motivating, just getting so many projects. I would say my clients really have mm-hmm. been helpful in giving me confidence to do what I do because they're the ones requesting mm-hmm. work. They think yeah. I could do this yeah. job. And so, and it helps me rise to the occasion too. Like right. I'm requesting money from them. So, or yeah, so I need to be able to produce a product that they like too. Mm-hmm. So saying, I mean, even when, back when people were requesting commissions for baby showers and wedding showers, they're like, oh, the bride really likes this quote. Can you letter it? Like taking a small project like that and really pushing myself 
to produce something that you know it's not just like something you could buy off Etsy it's my work my in my style Mm -hmm. and stuff and that really taught me like so when I get a bigger client using that same mentality Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um do you have any advice for people that are embarking on their entrepreneurial journey yes it's just it's not a one-man show just reaching out and using all the resources at your fingertips and luckily in Cleveland we have such a big network and then like on Instagram too there are a lot of like packets of people I know for the lettering community it's been huge there's uh, a curated account called good type and they have lettering artists come on every week and share who inspires them mm-hmm. so it turns into a black hole yes. <laughs> of like instagram accounts and mm-hmm. just finding inspiration in that but um oh like i was thinking about this today how uh kai which jenner has is representing proactive now I don't know. Kendall. Kendall Jenner is like the face of proactive. I'm like, oh, maybe I should get proactive. Like (laughs) I listen to ads in in pop culture so much that I realize, oh, if I do the same thing with audiobooks, it'll help me. So Mm -hmm. I'm already huge on listening to other people. So if those people are good at business, then I will be good at business. Interesting. So replacing pop culture a little bit with um, nonfiction books. Something productive. Right, Mm -hmm. which is something I've never done before Mm -hmm. until I started a business. Yeah. Um, That has been huge. And just getting advice for... Because the internet is at your fingertips. So just using all these free resources... Or Audible, which is a monthly subscription. That is also helpful, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you can get audiobooks at libraries for free. Yeah, I think there's a, something called Libby. Oh. It's like you can connect it with your whatever library you you are a member of, and it's free, and you can get it on your phone. Ooh, I yeah. hope you're listening, folks. That sounds right. awesome. <laughs> I think that's the what it's called. I'll have to double-check on that. But networking, too, has mm. been huge. Like, showing up to like if you do have dream clients showing up to where they are interesting because that and that's how I've gotten a lot of my Cleveland clients Mm -hmm. um I I used to do the chalkboard at town hall I would eat there all the time so I just sent them a blind email saying like hey I'd love to work with you guys I love your stuff and so I would do their chalkboard for a free meal and some cash cool yeah were you were you when you first started networking was it scary for you Yes, I well, so I took the Myers Briggs test mm. in um, college, and I was right down the middle for everything, oh. which is really. Do weird. you remember the letters that? I don't, but like it seriously was just like whew, right down the middle. So I, I really want to take it again and see. I need to work. also because I think I took it once and I was INFJ, and then I took it again and I was something else. Let so, me know if you did yeah. recently. Okay. Share answers. Yeah, definitely. But, yes, I was very introverted. I have never been confident until recently, maybe. But, so going to networking events, I would still get energy from people. So, I remember going to my first local girl gang event. I showed up by myself, and there were, like, 12 people. And it was in a store at the Fifth Street Arcades. Mm -hmm. I just, like, went up to everyone and just, like, hi, what do you do? (laughs) Like, I'm Lisa, what do you do? Um, that was very helpful, but I know not everybody has like that um, ability, or just like they might might be scared to do that, and it is terrifying. It is. Girls can be judgy too. Right. <laughs> I remember when I the when we first met at the Creative Clubhouse. Before that, that was the first time I ever went to any sort of like 
anything where I didn't know anyone. Like I literally knew zero people. And beforehand I was like, I really don't want to go. I feel like I'm going to throw up, like (laughs) help. But even like keeping that in mind when you're going, like I tend to, I try to scope out like people that might look like they don't know anyone here. So Mm -hmm. like, that's probably how we found each other. Like, Oh, you don't probably know anyone else here too. So Mm -hmm. I'll go talk to you. Totally. Just like, we do share that same experience. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful too. Cool. Or hang up by the bar. A little liquid courage helps. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Well, I almost forgot. I didn't even ask you about your Paris project. Can you like talk about that for a quick second? I forget about that too. Like it just, it happens so quickly. Mm -hmm. So I got an email from the city of Cleveland saying they are looking for artists to do a mural in Courland, France. I butcher the pronunciation of that all the time it looks like rowan but it's pronounced hun it's like a noise i didn't realize that (laughs) like if you do the google noise for that oh it's hilarious cool um so i didn't think i had any shot at this whatsoever i was like you know what they are only requesting like three samples of work like you don't have to put together some huge proposal so that's why i said yes like i will apply Mm -hmm. for this send in my stuff and um, it, it, this was happening so quickly. They, they sent it out and needed someone to go over in, like, two weeks. Like, wow. That is, like, and this is just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, do I have anything going on? Like, yeah. would that um, hurt my schedule somehow? But luckily, nothing. Like, my schedule is open. Mm-hmm. And then I get a call, like, from a number I didn't know. It was 216. So I'm like, oh, it's Cleveland this is interesting. So I answer it. Like I was at American Greetings at the time and it was um, a phone call saying, hey, this is Alex. Uh, You've been chosen as the artist to go over. Like, are you available like during this time? I'm like, what? Like, did I get it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you available? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, we'll call you back with more details. I'm like, what? So I called my parents. I'm like, I think I got a, a won a trip to France. I'm not quite sure. It was very iffy. And Interesting. I know, like, they were um, going through all the details, too. Like, they had to talk to city officials and all that jazz. But, yeah, two weeks later, I'm over at France, like, over in France, doing a mural. And they had two artists that did the background. And they already had a design. They just wanted lettering on top of it. And I think that's why I was chosen. I found out that I was the second pick. So the first pick didn't actually live in Cleveland, so he was disqualified. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I live in Ohio mm-hmm. City. Right. Um, so I went over, and no one spoke English except for, like, a couple of the city officials that weren't there the whole time. So okay. I have the Google Translate app really? on my phone, like, to use with the two local artists that I'm painting with. And it was great, though. They were so laid back. We got a beer at lunch, like, every day we were painting. So I guess it's the European way of working. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like so right? much fun. Coffee and beer. Coffee and beer. How long were you there? Two weeks. Wow. But the first weekend, they were still sketching out the background. So mm-hmm. I had a weekend free. I was working on typography, like, what quotes to go on the wall. It ended up being, all colors are beautiful, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. That one artist came up with that. So I just put or set the type for it and they loved it but I got to travel a little bit so I went up to Brussels to visit my friend who lived in Europe at the time oh my goodness it was really great um I I had to do this letter s that was at the very tippy tap and I'm definitely like 
scared of heights. So I'm on a lift, like shaking. I made the uh, like one of the artists go up with me mm-hmm. to like keep me company, and yeah. then after a couple times, I could do it by myself. So I'm up on this lift, like doing the final details of the letter S, and they're on the other lift making you know some adjustments. Their lift knocks into my lift, and it starts swaying back and forth. I'm like, this is how I die. This is how I die. Like, well, at terrifying. least you were doing like what you love. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the only like hiccup of the work, but it was just an incredible experience. And actually, I wrapped up a design that is going in a hotel over there. So right now, I have two murals in oh France. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, it was really fun. And I was in the paper with the other artists and city officials there twice. So that was really cool. Like, wow. I'm big and so, raw in France. <laughs> yeah, you, you're building a presence around the world. That's really cool. Yeah, so I'm hoping to get a project in another country. Yeah, definitely. So what do you have on the horizon for the rest of the... Yeah. Or what's coming up? What can we expect? So right now I'm working on um, some exciting murals for Pinecrest Shopping Center. Mm. They have a couple of vacant spots, and instead of seeing an empty store, they're looking to put artwork mm. over the windows, like temporary, so when someone occupies it, they can just wash it off. But um, their criteria was for it to be Instagrammable. So going through um, Pinterest and stuff and looking at what's trending. So it's bright color murals that, you know, would be great for a backdrop. Yeah. If you're shopping, you want to take a picture and post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a speaking engagement at the National Student Show in Dallas, Whoa. and they are estimating a thousand people to be there. So, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah, that's that's gonna be the big one for me this year. I'm terrified, but I think my mom might be going. Oh, that's me. so cool. <laughs> That'll be like a fun growth experience, right? Since it's like a scary thing, but it's really cool. I don't know how they found me. I'm like, uh, like I've talked one other time and they're inviting me to be a keynote. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? They believe in me. So I need to rise to the occasion and just like knock it out. Um, and then I have an art show coming up in Athens, Ohio. There's a little gal- gallery outside of campus. So that'll be really fun because mm-hmm. I'm trying to really push, um, how much detail is in my work. So I'm doing all the email lyrics that I loved back in college and doing like these huge lettering pieces that are highly detailed. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, I'm teaching a workshop at another conference that I've never been to, so oh, looking forward to that too. Cool. Well, this has been incredible. I loved hearing your story and about all of your ups and your downs <laughs> and how you got to where you are, so I'm really excited for people to hear this conversation. How can people connect with you? Uh, Instagram, definitely. Okay. Uh, my handle is Lisa underscore Quine. Okay. And yeah, I'm on Instagram every day, like all day. <laughs> and you have a website too, right? Yeah, that I need to update it. Okay, though. cool. <laughs> cool. Don't go to that. <laughs> all right. Well, any last words? Just thank you to my husband Mark because oh. I couldn't have done it without him. And I, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. I was listening. I'm currently listening to "Braving the Wilderness" by Brene Brown. Oh, I need to do that. It's an incredible book. Oh my gosh! And it's been recommended. And I'm finally getting around to it. But she interviews Viola Davis, and Viola says that she feels like her husband's her reward for working so hard throughout life and overcoming all these challenges. Like her reward for that is her husband and that's exactly how I feel oh that's so sweet (laughs) I love that okay well thank you so much for talking with me yes and thank you great questions yay
So that was my conversation with Lisa. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you, Lisa, for joining me and for sharing so much. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, if you would like to try Jar Goods for the first time, you can get 20% off your order by going to jargoods.com slash museroom and use the code museroom, all caps, at checkout. Thank you, Jar Goods, so much for supporting this episode. And if you would like to support the podcast at all, going to Jar Goods and purchasing a delicious jar of sauce is one way to support the podcast, but also leaving reviews is vital. Um, That will help me get out into a larger audience so that I can share these stories with more people and it'll just help me make the content better. So I'd love your feedback. If you would like to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify and rate it and even share it with your friends. If you have a friend that you think will benefit from this episode, go ahead and message it right on over to them. That's all I have for you guys this week. I can't wait to talk to you again. I'll see you over on Instagram. You can go check out my website at www.museroom.space. You can send me an email to museroompodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to be a part of the book club, you can go to Facebook and search Muse Reading Room on Facebook and request to join. And that way you can stay up to date on all things book club, Right now we're trying to decide what book to read next time, so if you want to be involved in that, get on over there. All right, well, I will see you later. I'll talk to you on the internet, and have a good week. Bye.